This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right. Jordan Harper, who's been with us all year. Thank you so much, uh, Jordan. Thanks for doing the podcast this season. No, thank you, Jordan. You both added a lot of insight throughout the season and playoffs. Look forward to off season conversations and episodes. So, uh, yes, uh, Sean and I have talked and, uh, there are some really interesting shows that we're going to provide mm-hmm. for you and, uh, excited about that. We didn't want to look ahead too far, but, uh, it's very inspiring to see the numbers of this podcast, Sean, and it's um, very motivating to continue this podcast in the off season where we'll uh, bring you fresh podcasts uh, on a regular basis. Uh, I will let Sean go back to his wife. We will not do these, <laughs> we will not do yeah. these late night podcasts, but we will talk it out and we will have some great podcasts to come. We will have some more fun. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Cameron Teague, the fact that we made it this far with only two working D men in our lineup is awesome. Great season, but what a huge slap in the face to your fans with this effort in game six. Now let's get to fixing the problem areas and getting better. Go stars. So fixing the air, fixing the problem areas will be an interesting podcast in the future because you know, it's not like they're sitting on a lot of cap space and it's not like this is one of the better years for UFAs, unrestricted yeah. free agents. So it will take some creativity and uh, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, Oleg says this franchise likes to be eliminated in glorious fashion. <laughs> Think about the last few. Uh, that is, uh, yeah. I mean, the game seven against St. Louis hurt. Um uh, was the other one? Let's see. What would be the other disappointment? Was it the Nashville loss? Um, I mean, it's the St. Louis one. I mean, I mean, the double overtime game seven in St. Louis was. I mean, it was a great hockey game. That's one yeah. where it's like. So I'm not really. Uh, maybe maybe Calgary, but you just felt as though Calgary yeah, was the well, better you, squad. Well, you lost you lost to Calgary in double overtime. Like, I mean, this is this is felt. This is this one feels weird, right? Like, yeah, is like the game seven to St. Louis. Like, you had a chance to win. You didn't have a chance to win the series tonight, but you you had a chance to to fight for something, and you didn't. And so this one feels like really weird because it's like it was the spot where you were playing with you're playing with house money. You got a full bucket of it and everything like that. And 
instead of even putting it into the slot machine, and I'm intentionally using a Vegas pun here, instead of even putting it into the slot machine, you like tripped and let it go down the gutter. Like that's what you yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a great point. Uh, Joe at Joe Walton, uh, 9090. What's the biggest thing nil needs to do this off season to help this team. We'll do a future uh, podcast yeah. on this. I don't know how they will just, I'm, I'm letting you know, Joe, just to know we're not avoiding stars fans is, is I think they need to continue to work on that decor. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how they can because a lot of them are under contract, but Sean and I will deep dive and try to come up with some creative thoughts. So, uh, yeah, I will say, and I'm sure we'll get a question about this, but I've been thinking more and more about it and not for, and I, I, there's a lot of nuance to this statement and I want to be very clear. There's a lot of nuance to why in this statement, but I have been thinking more and more about the potential Ryan Suter buyout. And I, there's a lot of nuance to why you do it. And I want to be clear. It's something where it's not necessarily completely Ryan Suter actually wasn't as bad. Like he had some rough moments in the Western conference final, but he had, he wasn't as bad as, as I think he gets dragged all the time, but at the same time, um, the more and more I think about the Ryan Suter, thing like we will probably have to do a full episode on the ryan's potential ryan's yeah. buyout because i i see to me it starts to look like the best path forward and i want to explain why in a more nuanced fashion so i'm giving that to people right now i i believe that there is a there's a future where the stars buy out ryan suitor and i want to explain why and i but i want to do that in another podcast where we can talk more about it so any of any Ryan Suter questions about the buyout, which I'm sure will pop up on Twitter tonight. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you, but I want to explain why, and I want to do it in a deeper podcast where I could go through some things when we're not fresh off game six. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We will get to those things. And that's what the greatest thing about this podcast is, is we can do just an entire podcast where Sean breaks down the salary cap figures and why and the analytics for the Ryan Suter situation pro or against. So, um, it's just, it would take too long tonight and we want to yeah. get all your questions in and yeah, we are coming off the game six, uh, uh, loss combat wombat at Texas combat wombat. You don't lose this bad because of one guy suitor. So I assume there's a few roster moves to get stronger defensive play. Are there a few veterans you see as being gone next year? How much do they miss the Donoff? You know, he wasn't talked about a lot, but I do feel as though that was a, that certainly was a loss uh, in this series. He was terrific as a whole with the stars. He was, I thought, I thought one of the bigger stories that we not missed, but one of the bigger stories that, that kind of fell down the shuffling order from game four and five was how good the stars were in transition, despite Dodonov being out. And so, um, yes, I mean, he was, he was definitely missed. He was, um, he'll be a fascinating UFA decision for both himself and the stars, because I felt the stars were a better team when Evgeny Dodonov was in the lineup. And, but to, to kind of talk about some veterans and stuff, like you look at, did we see the last potentially for by the, by either their choice or the stars choice was tonight, the final start. Have we seen the final stars game for Dodonov? Have we seen the final stars game for Domi? Have we seen the final stars game for Glenn Denning? Have we seen the final stars game for Yoel Kiviranta? Like, have we seen the final, like, have we seen the final stars games for, for Joel Hanley? Like um, it's, there's going to be some really interesting decisions moving forward. And have we seen it for Orion Suter? Have we seen it for 
have we seen it for some on the defense? Because there's going to be some tough decisions to be made this summer, and it's going to really shape what this team looks like. And I think this this team, obviously, where they got to this year and everything like that, they, they could have won it all. They really could have won it all. But they will not – you can't roll it back. You can't roll it back with just saying, hey, we can just bring this complete group back because you can't have a 39-year-old defenseman playing your second pair of minutes. You can't have – you can't be relying on guys who are going to be 35, 36 years old and you got some guys waiting in the wings that are ready. So really, really fascinating offseason upcoming yeah. for this Dallas. So a- absolutely. And you mentioned him, Sean. Uh unrestricted free agents this year. Dodonoff, Domi, Glenn Denning, Kiviranta, Frederick Olafson, which will be interesting. That's a really uh, interesting that's actually that's actually a more interesting one than I thought. Because yeah. I think just on, on a quick aside, I thought I thought Olafson's play in game four and five definitely is the type of play that caught what will have caught the eye of somebody, right? Like he, it's something where it's, it's somebody is going to look at his game from game four and five and say, you know what? I got some extra cap space. I can Mm -hmm. bring that guy in. And, and if you're Freddie Olsen and you're looking at, you're the one who was scratched tonight, like real quick, Gavin, let's, let's speaking of Freddie Olsen, I'm taking a quick, I'm, I'm, I'm sideswiping our show for a second here. Take it. The, the, I mentioned this on the last podcast and what we knew Mason Marchment would be in, in the lineup. We we knew that we knew that we knew that was going to happen, but I disagree with the decision. I can't, the more and more I looked at it going in and I even tweeted this before the game, like there, now the whole thing was a mess tonight. So it's not Mason Marchment playing versus Freddie Olsen. Wasn't the reason they lost six, nothing, but, but going into tonight, I would have played Olsen and scratched Marchment and just, you had a fourth in game five and game four. You had a fourth line that was rolling with, with, with uh, Olafson and Fox and Glendening. You had a third line that was working, and you took away a piece that was working to overly respect a contract. And I, uh, I don't know. I, that 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 sits. I don't. I don't like that decision. It's not the reason they lost six nothing. And. Uh, if I'm Freddie Olsen, obviously he signed out of out of Europe and signed with Dallas, so obviously they gave him an opportunity. But it's the type of move too, where if I'm Freddie Olsen, like if a crummy Mason Marchment sticking in the lineup over, yeah, me, like why am I sticking here? Just just thinking aloud. So no, you're right. You're absolutely right. For those Stars fans wondering, uh, Marchment has three more years at four point five million a year. Yeah. Yep. So, and he has a modified no trade, which means that uh, he submitted uh, ten teams. All right, but who trades for? But who trades for a guy well, making exactly. four million dollars exactly. a year and does nothing yeah. in the playoffs? So exactly, yeah. exactly. But you're right. I mean, yeah. clearly that was the right move, and uh, they did not pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Rupert says, "I have no question tonight." Just wanted to say, and it says Sean will understand. Obladi, oblada. <laughs> uh, you gonna fill us in? Is uh, you and Rupert got some inside stuff going on? Well, I mean, you go back from to uh, Obladi. It's the. It is the. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. It, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a Beatles song. It's the. Uh, 
it's from yeah. the it's from the white album yeah um when uh two years ago uh it was two years ago two or three years ago it was the uh they, when blake como was still the locker room dj post game they played a lot of it and uh jamie ben uh did not even know much about the white album so i'm not sure if this is a deep uh a deep oh. a, 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 this is this is this is a deep pull all and right I'm, and it's a really it's a really good pull and uh and uh you know what it's uh <laughs> if i remember correctly uh, I, if i remember correctly the song like at one point it was like considered like one of the worst songs of all time like someone who's got like a good like music history on that like i'm not mike hike is mike hike who works for the stars and everything like that hikes is a really good uh music buff and i remember him telling me at some point that there's some reputable source that looked at that one of the worst albums of all time and so uh not the album sorry not the white album the obla obla d song the rest yeah. of the album was great so yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yeah all right uh ryan just to throw this question in when will this rink stop playing the that dumb af darkness music after every goal against never seen a barn call out make light of an opposing team success like this one does it's tired dumb and deflating uh why do that to your own crowd the goal scored is bad enough i love the darkness music honestly All right. one of my dreams and i've i've pushed and i've tried to get uh, uh I've, I've multiple arena djs no one's been able to find it for me i i want to know where the music came from like no one can find it or where it came from it's just in the system and it just gets played and no one can find it and no one's claimed it so like it's one of it's like my it's one of my white whales of big j journalism i'd love to find out who wrote the I would love to find out who wrote. I, I love it though. I think it's, it's, it's okay to be self-deprecating. It's okay to have fun with it. I mean, it's you gotta do something after it, right? So I don't, I don't think it's. I mean, do you do you want to play like? You're not gonna like play the YMCA after their team scores. So <laughs> like it's like so 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 I, I, I don't I don't mind it. <laughs> so you know what you know what I actually and this is stars fans, I love you. I'm one of you, okay? I know everyone shouts, who cares? I actually want to know that information and maybe it's just a geek in me, but when I'm in the arena, I'm like listening and everyone's saying like at the end, who cares? And I'm like, and I'm like writing it down because I'm a stat nerd uh, because I like to see who's on the assists uh, so I can, you know, go back and watch the play. All right. Uh, Mayor Patel. Uh, Sagan's obviously not the player he used to be with injuries, but can he have some kind of resurgence like Ben did this year? Maybe having him play with Stankover in the way Ben did with Johnston. I mean, I thought Sagan actually had a bit of an underrated resurgence this year in the regular. He did, system. yeah. Like, I mean, now the the uh, it was the this series was quite awful for Sagan. I mean, like it's Ben is catching a lot of heat for. Um, we'll catch a lot of heat, rightfully so, for what happened and everything like that. But I mean, Sagan in this series, right? It was he was minus. I'm looking at it right now. He was like minus minus seven or something like that, or even even worse. And and he had a bit of a resurgence this year in the regular season. I just I don't know, like I don't know what else Tyler Sagan can be anymore right like he's like not like he was a he was a 50 point guy this season um 
I mean, he's not going to go back to being an 80 point guy like he was during the 2018-19 season. He hasn't been that he hasn't been the same since the sliced Achilles. It's just the reality of it. And so I I think if, if you can get 50 points out of Tyler Sagan next year, that's great. Like it's, yeah. just, it, it's, it's the reality. That's who he is at this point in his career. And I don't think, I don't think him having, he was kind of a secondary character to Ben all year. And he's going to continue to be a secondary character to Ben because of, of how Ben's actions back to this series. But that's who Tyler Sagan is. It's, and I, and I feel for Tyler too, because his game was taken from him by injury. It was his body. Basically he dealt with some really unlucky breaks injury wise. And he, and things just things kind of was never it's the human body doesn't just recover at 31, like the way it used to. So, right. Right. So, uh, Oman was mentioned in that tweet and, Earlier today, I got a tweet from at Corey D tweets, and he said to me, um, Stankoven will be awesome in the NHL soon, but we might have something in Matthew Seminoff as well. This is what I replied, Sean, and I wanted to get your thoughts um, because I get it. It's a popular name, and everything I've seen is he does look great. But I put, let's see how they fare in the offseason and preseason. Both are terrific prospects. Look how much Harley and Bork have improved with a year in Texas. Much different game in the AHL compared to juniors. The leap from juniors to the NHL is rare and special. I, I'm i just going to throw this out there, Sean. I think Wyatt Johnston kind of put in our heads that, well, look at Wyatt Johnston. Imagine what Stankoven's going to do next year. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's the same way that Miro Heishkin and broke and made the curve unfair for any first round pick defenseman. Like, I don't think I look at Stankoven. I think he has a legit chance to make the stars next season. And I hope, I hope he does. I hope, I hope he earns that spot. I also think um, there's the space where you have to go into the season. And this is another like cap management discussion. You have to go into the season, assuming He's not going to earn that spot and treat it like if he does it, you've got a, you got a stud on an entry level contract for three years. I think you have to treat it that way. I don't think, I, I think like, I personally think he will play in the NHL next year and I think he will be ready. But I think the, I think the expectation that he can resuscitate Tyler Sagan's career or be this guy like, it's players are most players hit a wall. Most players do what Wyatt Johnson did this year is remarkable. Mm-hmm. What Miro Heishkina did is remarkable. Um, more guys are going to follow the path of Maverick Bork where they're going to need two, three years in the AHL to get it. And so get excited about Stan Coven. be excited about where he's going and everything like that. But also don't put too much into that basket. Cause I think too often we do that. Um, let's let, let's see what he looks like next season early yeah. on, early on and yeah. see what happens. So. Absolutely. Uh, Ian Tharp at uh, underscore Ian Tharp. I want to see us address defense this off season so that Miro doesn't have to play 30 minutes per game in the playoffs. I'll stop that there and say, most likely Miro's going to play nearly 30 minutes all the time. 
um, because he eats ice time big time. I'm fine. Um, I'm, I'm fine with Miro playing 30 minutes in the playoffs. It's the because I want my best defenseman on the ice for 30 minutes in the playoffs. It's the for me. It's the minutes of I would prefer in games where in the regular season where you can get it down and stuff like that. But I'm not, I'm never going to complain about playing your best player for almost 30 minutes in the playoffs. Yeah. Are there any upcoming free agents that uh, Ian asked that we'll be able to sign? We'll discuss that. In can I, the next- uh, yeah. And I, and I'm joking, but I'm joking, but can I interest you in a right shot defenseman that moves Ooh. the puck well at the point? Oh, wait, it's John Klingberg. I'll throw yeah. this one back at you. Can I interest you, Sean, in a player that was healthy scratched at times that made an unfortunate hit on Joe Pavelski in the playoffs? (laughs) I'm not. uh, You're not going to go there? I'm not going to go with Matt. All right. I understand. All right. Uh, Brian Tatum asked, does Ben have to win a cup to have his number retired one day? I like him and think he should be in the Stars Hall of Fame, but think a cup uh, win should be required for that honor. The the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame, he will certainly get in. That's a that's a no brainer. He's getting in. Yeah, um, I mean the number retired. As far as yeah, that's. I think we've talked about this a little yes. bit, Gavin. Like the number retired thing is, if as much as the team. It's what fans want and all that stuff, yada, 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 yada. And, and you, you're you all very important. But at the end of the day, one person and one person opinions only is the most important when it comes to retired numbers. And that is Tom Gillardi. And we have seen Tom Gillardi has not been great about not airing his frustrations with Ben. We know he's frustrated with Ben, whether it's going using gym lights as a proxy to me or going yep. on Vancouver radio and ripping Jamie. Um we know Tom Gillardi is not happy with with what he he, he believes he plays pays Jamie Ben to do more. And Tom Gillardi, I can only imagine what the fly in the wall saw when Tom Gillardi reacted to Jamie Ben's actions in game three. And if I I say this, if the Detroit Red Wings have not retired Sergei Fedorov's number because of owner frustration with the player if tom gillardi looks at his best chance at a stanley cup was lost because of jamie ben's actions irrational men do irrational things so it's it's i i like should jamie ben's number be retired yes he's number 14 is no one else should wear number 14 in dallas history that's the rational take yep but irrational men do irrational things so yeah and This is a game six, a post game. I'm Gavin Spittle. The person you're listening to is Sean Shapiro. For those that don't know, that huge controversy a few years back with Jim Lights, Sean Shapiro was the only one in the room. And I, were you listening to when they were saying that about the two players? Were you like, were you saying to yourself, is this a prank? Like no one else is in the room. Like I'm getting all this like amazing information. I mean, to go back to that moment, right? Like there is. It's like a journalist dream, right? Well, it's yeah. And it's the space where like, I remember, you know, this, how this works in journalism, Gavin, there's times where like 
people go, especially in sports, where people don't understand how on and off the record works sometimes. And so I know I know that. And so I'm covering my ass in that moment where it's like, so Jim, this is all on the record, right? Like, yes, hundred percent. Like it's it was on the record, a hundred percent. And it was like, and you're going through and you're like, this is I remember calling my my editor at the time, like I got a story and I turned it into him and he called me and he's like, please tell me you have the tape. And I still have the tape. It's I I still have that tape because one of the things I learned um, in journalism. And I I don't know what, I don't know what terminology they tell people to do and everything like that. But like, cause I don't know what the statute of limitations is, but like I've, I will save that tape for the rest of my life because I don't want 20 years from now to get a call from someone to someone to to, to have any, to have any, any question at all that, that that was what actually happened because that was, uh, that was very real, very surreal. And, uh, and it showed a lot of the ownership's true colors of how they feel about players. They pay a lot of money who don't win Stanley cups. So to get back to that prior, to to, to loop this back to 14 into the rafters. So, I mean, Uh, mean, to me, there's, there's, there's no, there's no coincidence to me that, you look in the rafters um, in of the retired numbers in Dallas, Gavin, um, every number that's retired in Dallas is someone who has won a Stanley cup, did most of their work in Minnesota or unfortunately in Bill Masterton's case, um, passed away tragically. Right. No one is up there without having won a cup. So, right. In right. Dallas. So from yeah. the Dallas in the Dallas era. So, yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a, just like we'll do a statue podcast. I, I want to <laughs> do a, I want to do a banner one, you know, for, cause the next one comes from Belfour's billions. Who's been so great to us on spits and suds. And, 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 when, and we, when we do the banners one, can we, can we, can we, can, can I go on my, my rant about how the Mavericks banners don't match and it's completely asinine. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yes because like it's just ridiculous anywho that's that's i i just want to reserve my time for that soapbox so. i love it i absolutely love it all right uh belfour's billion i know officiating didn't lose this game for the stars but man it was egregiously bad i hate the whole swallow the whistles in big games curious to hear your july takes on where the stars go from here some changes are obviously needed vegas is a great team though yes we need to point out vegas is a great team i actually thought the officials i think it got better as the series went along i'm sorry about four billion but i had no issues with the whistles not i mean i didn't see like calls that were just blatantly missed no i didn't mean it was i thought it was pretty fairly called game the one penalty in the first period was a black and white puck over the glass penalty so i didn't have the i mean and if you want to start breaking down the nuance of like the ryan Suter elbow on colasar was was horrible yeah (laughs) like it's it's uh like and the ryan Suter slash on carrier in the third period that was bad too like there's no uh yeah i'm not i'm not blaming the officials for this one you know, I'll say this. Um, Colsar really impressed me in this series. Mm-hmm. That two-on-one where he banged it off the boards. Yes. That that was sweet. 
And, and when, when you get your quote unquote bangers, your, your guys that exert their physicality with skill sets like that, I, I was just really impressed. I mean, you know, Vegas came to play tonight. I love their uh, confidence. And, you know, I mean, uh, I thought, you know, overall they played, you know, I mean, this wasn't like a Minnesota series where we're talking about dirty hits and dirty players. I mean, they played hard. They're a physical team. Their forecheck tonight, Sean, was impressive. And the way that they broke the stars for a check to lead to odd man breakouts was also impressive. Yeah. I mean, they are, it is, it is a well-built team. It is a, it, 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 I, I really like that line. I like the way they play. Um, and you know what? Credit to Vegas on the way they do things. Like, I mean, a lot of hockey, a lot of hockey people, right? Can I remember Phil Kessel's getting healthy scratched right now? Oh man, yes, great point. Like if like this is not like like so often we talk about people not doing people getting we talked about I talked earlier about Dallas being too loyal to um Mason Marchman. I mean, Phil Kessel played 82 games. He's he'll be in the hockey Phil Kessel will probably be in the hockey hall of fame. He's the all-time Iron Man. And they're healthy scratching him for these guys. And it's the right decision. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. Uh, Ryan McDermott writes pretty big letdown, but all in all a fun ride. What young guys coming down the pipe can realistically make an impact next season. Stankoven and Bork. I mean, those I mean, would Bork, be the- like Bork Bork. I think is it's more fair to put expectation on Bork. Than Correct. Stankoven. Like yes. I think um, Stankoven is the, is the one that's trendy, but I think Bork is the one who, has pro experience, um, I believe, plays a style that will translate a little bit better. Um, not, 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 not overall. Like, not, not saying that I believe Bork will be better in the long run, but the, uh, um, but I think I think Bork has a style and a transition point that allows him to be a better fit, at least going into training camp next year until I see more. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Jason Rosenbaum, and thank you so much for all your questions, feedback. Asks, at Jay Rosenbaum, know any good books to get through this (laughs) offseason? I got my copy for my birthday in late April. Uh, Thank you so much for your support of Sean, Jason. What do you all think is the biggest moments of the regular season and the postseason? Um, oh, brightest moment. Sorry. The brightest. Okay. Um, man. Okay. So, I mean, the playoffs, it's, you look at, you win a game seven and you win a game seven. That's always yeah. iconic. You get the, uh, I like the Pavelski four goal game. Yeah. In the I mean, even though they lost that game, which is crazy. Yeah. That is um, crazy. Um, I mean, them, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame because they got lost in the whole situation, but the way they came back and played game four and five was pretty good. I mean, it's, yeah, like it's, uh, I mean, and, and like regular season, um, it's easier for it's easier for me to look at trends than, than big pick than the individual moments right now. Cause it's, we've got 20 games of playoffs right now that are fresh in mind, but like from the regular season, I look at this, where Wyatt Johnston came from and where, where he, he ended the season. I look at, um, I look at this, I look at some of the, uh, I mean, the ten goal game in Buffalo was pretty fun too. Like, I, I look at I look at stuff like that. So yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought the, the, Don, the Donoff acquisition, which kind of flew under the radar, but uh, was very exciting. Uh, I thought that was great. I think Robertson breaking the record was really cool. I just think Joe Pavelski's consistency uh, through the season uh, was great. And listen, I, I know that he let people down in the playoffs at times, but Jake Ottinger was your workhorse this year. So he deserves a lot of credit. And I think the future is bright for, uh, for Jake. Well, I, yeah. I think one of the things we'll have, a we'll definitely have, we need to have a conversation about goaltending. Um, not because Jake Ottinger is not the guy, but you look at of the four teams in the final, in the final four, Carolina, Florida, Dallas, Vegas, um, Dallas was the only one that used the same goalie, started the same goalie for every playoff game. Ottinger was playing his 80, 81st game of the season tonight. Aiden Hill was playing like his 30th. Bobrovsky's run is absolutely historic on the other side, but we, it starts with him not even starting the first series. Um, Vegas is on a backup. Vegas has used multiple goalies. Carolina used a trio of goalies this year. Dallas... And we, we will have an entire podcast about goaltending, Gavin, because I, this is a space where I'm going to get really nerdy on it. But just to give people a taste of this, like the stars, one of the stars, biggest issues and organizational depths. And and maybe Matt Murray's the guy. I don't know. But they didn't have a guy that they and the coaches trusted to play NHL games consistently. And that's why Jake Ottinger played 81 games this year. And mm-hmm. that and that will be a huge a huge uh, talking point for me. And I, I I'm looking forward to having a much deeper conversation about that. And how do you put, um, how, how do you put Ottinger in a better spot where there's not, you don't even have to worry about the fatigue in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott Wedgwood is set to return next year at a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and, okay. and, I, and, and to be clear, I think Scott Wedgwood is a good part of the plan. It's who else is, do you have that other guy after Scott Wedgwood you that trust? And I don't know if Dallas has that right now. Yeah. Dylan Wells is a UFA also, Sean. It says eh, yeah. U- UFA G6. Yeah. I don't really. I mean, Dylan Wells was a contract move. Dylan Wells yeah. was. Dylan Wells was. You had to move a contract when you moved for Hudobin. So. so. But it was a good question reflecting yeah, yeah, on the yeah. regular season and uh, yeah. the playoffs. 